Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 490 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. Uh, this is Adam. No Jill today, but I do have two friends that I'm going to mention in just a brief moment. Um, so last week on Thursday, a week from today, if you're listening, a week ago today, if you listen to this when it came out, I had two authors of comics that came on. Uh, we had Cami Garcia and Maggie Steve Otter on at the same time, which was super fun. Uh, we're going to keep the comics thing going because if you are an Overdrive partner, like a librarian or a school librarian who's purchasing, Overdrive has a big old comic sale that we're really excited about. Um, but if you're a, a reader and you don't have the ability to purchase comics at your library, that's okay too, because we're just going to talk about a bunch of books that we're really excited about. So first off, the people that are joining me today are Maria and Kristen. Ladies, hello. How are you guys doing? Hi. Hey, I can't believe you guys are almost I can't believe you guys are almost at episode five hundred. Yeah, I know. We've been That's doing crazy. Two a week for almost five years, I think, or something. Wow. Man. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah at first when we first started we're like should we do this every other week should we do it once a week and i was the one who's like what if we do it twice a week and like one was always an author and then uh, we we're like remember how we also have our real jobs to do so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now we're like committed we're like pot committed and there's nothing we can do we just yeah. have to plug along so yeah. <laughs> i should probably talk do you know i should probably talk about if we want to do like a fun 500 thing i don't know what we're gonna do yet oh that'd be fun yeah. yeah you have to have something fun for 500 I have yeah. so many, like, one of the fun things about doing a podcast this long is, like, now I have other podcast friends, and one, like, one of them has, like, their full year planned out by, like, May, and they're like, so wow. how do you, like, what's your content calendar look like? I was like, Jill and I slack each other on, like, Tuesday and say, <laughs> what do you want to talk about for Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as always, if everyone listening, uh, anything that we talk about today, I'll put in the show notes so you can go in there and grab links and see all the books. You don't have to furiously write them down. And then if you want to get a hold of us, you can go to professionalbooknerds.com. That's where all 490 of our episodes can be found. Uh, or you can tweet us at ProBookNerds. It's also what we are on Instagram. And you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. That's all the housekeeping. I want to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor. So just a little background story for you guys from me. Uh, before I started working at Overdrive for the past decade, I sold life insurance uh, as part of a family company, and it's something that is near and dear to my heart, and it's very, very important that everybody have life insurance, but it's something that not a lot of people understand, and uh, not only can they struggle to comprehend exactly how important life insurance is, but they may not realize the facts about what can affect how much life insurance you can have and you know what it means for you as an individual. So this particular message is for the females that are listening to the podcast. So ladies, listen up. Not only do men have more life insurance than women, they have twice as much coverage. Jenny Life wants to shrink that gap. And it doesn't matter if you're a working mom, a single mom, expecting mom, single, or if your kids are your four-legged fur babies, you still need life insurance and you need Jenny Life. Jenny Life makes it fast and easy for women to know their families will be taken care of with life insurance that's uniquely built for your needs. Did you know that before Jenny Life, if a pregnant woman wanted life insurance, she'd have to use her pregnancy weight, and that means higher rates? Or did you know that at one point in the United States, it was illegal for women to have their own life insurance policy? This is stuff that's really, really important and that you need to take advantage of this incredible opportunity that Jenny Life provides you because of the essential uh, aspects of life insurance. So with Jenny Life, 
You can get your life insurance policy without blood work or unnecessary red tape, and you can do it all online from your own home. They ask five simple questions, curate plans from dozens of A-rated insurance carriers, and give you a personalized, budget-friendly life insurance quote in seconds. For example, a healthy 32-year-old woman can get a half a million dollars in coverage for about a dollar a day without ever stopping into a doctor's office. Something that I always used to tell people when I was selling life insurance is it can be hard to think about the fact that you want to take care of people after you're gone because you're not going to be here and it's not a tangible thing you can hold. But think of it this way. If you can afford to buy yourself a cup of coffee from a fancy coffee shop once a week, you can afford life insurance and a way to set up your family for years to come in case something were to ever happen for yourself. Life insurance is something that every woman should have in place because every family deserves a secure financial future. So take a few minutes to get your Jenny Life policy right now. Visit JennyLife.com slash PBN to get a free quote today. That's JennyLife.com slash PBN for your life insurance quote today. JennyLife.com slash PBN. I'm going to let you two kind of go back and forth and just talk about comics that you have read or are excited to read. Uh, which one of you two would like to start? I'm going to go ahead and ask Maria, uh, what is your comic reading style? What do you tend to read? Uh, just so we can kind of set the yeah. base. Oh, that's like, I'm so glad you asked that because when I was like thinking of what titles I wanted to talk about today, I was like, wow, okay. I have like two very very different styles that I like to read. So I like to read nonfiction graphic novels um, that are just very narrative nonfiction based. The art can be very minimal or very um, detailed. doesn't matter. I, um, I started doing that with Guy Delisle's travel logs like Pyongyang and, and Jerusalem and stuff. And now I just, I just think it's an awesome way to read nonfiction. So, um, you know, lately I've been like, I read My Friend Dahmer. I'm going to read Durf's new one, but we can talk about that more later as well. But then I also really love the very high style, like fantasy, like very art-based um, types of things. So it's like two very different um, styles, but that's, that's pretty much what I read. Most of what I read is adult and not teen or kids. So how about you? Um, I tend towards a lot of graphic memoirs. Um, I really, my favorite, one of my favorite authors of all time, and especially in comics, is Lucy Nicely. And she writes more graphic memoir style. The one most people know her for is Relish, uh, which is a memoir about growing up with her parents who are big foodies. And so she was in the kitchen a lot and just like the importance of food in her life. I love her illustration style. It is very uh, like comic-y. That's a, I don't know how to describe illustration styles. So this could be awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I know what you mean because I'm nodding over here, but I've seen the cover. Yeah, which it's very you know, kind of rounded form and yes. like very line heavy. I, I don't know, anyway. Um, but right now I have been, uh, I need to reread something new which is uh, her memoir about getting married. Uh, and it was just delightful as well. She also has a memoir about having a kid and she does a really great job 
of uh, like letting you into her life and letting you know about, you know, exactly what she was feeling and thinking and what was happening to her. I feel like sometimes the problem with memoirs is you're not let in enough. Like there's still mm. that door that's shut. Um, and she just does a great job of explaining everything that's going on with her and the situation. Um, and she's funny and delightful and I love her. Uh, and then on top of that, I think I really like uh, like fantasy uh, graphic novels um, and a lot of like middle grade graphic novels. Because we both, we've talked about, have we talked about Rat Queens? Yes. Oh my I was going to say, I was like, yeah, I, I was just going to say I'm, I'm behind on it. I think I'm on volume six or seven, which yeah. I just. Um, rechecked out to myself because this like inspired me to start Rat Queens um, again and uh, I just remember that was one of the first th things we probably connected with on a comics level is I was like does anyone else read this when I was going to try and start it and you were like I think you'd like it yeah uh, and you're right so there you go that's a, the benefit of the benefit of having librarians as your colleagues yes, in yes. all things <laughs> um, <laughs> really oh. great and I will say, before we get into you guys' actual picks, um, for anyone who is on Twitter, which is most of the world, and especially in the in book Twitter, which I imagine is most of our listeners, uh, S.E. Hinton, Hinton who, uh, who wrote The Outsiders, had just a really trash take recently. Somebody asked her if they would ever consider making a graphic novel of The Outsiders, which is one of the first books I ever read, and I remember really sticking with me. And her mm -hmm. response was something like, the Outsiders is one of the first, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice, this is a bad take and I'm going to dunk on it. Um, she said something like, uh, The Outsiders is one of the first books that anybody learns to read and realizes that they can read themselves. So no, I'm not going to create a graphic novel so you can just look at pictures as opposed to learning how to write the words. And that is a shitty take because yeah. graphic novels are incredible ways to experience stories not only differently than you might, like um, Jason Reynolds' Long Way Down is becoming a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. That's an incredible book. And I'm also excited to read the graphic novel because I know I will experience it a different way. But like the images that you see, if you're a young, like developing, developing reader, it lets you experience the words and like understand and provide context and all these different reasons. But also just like the art is equally as impressive, if not more so than the words of a story and graphic right. novels, like almost all the time, like any author that I've talked to talking about graphic novels have, has explained like, oh yeah, the illustrators are doing all the heavy lifting in this story. I wrote like 400 words and they literally did like pages <laughs> upon pages of full, like, you know, imagery that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why people need to like feel the need to do this all the time when they're like, oh, audiobooks aren't reading ebooks aren't reading graphic novels aren't reading like right. who's tracking this and what are you tracking it for yeah like, and also what? like it just sounds like maybe they've never read a comic like I it sounds like they've never actually opened a comic like they're literally thinking about like the comics they see in the newspaper which are also fine but like that's mm -hmm. you know those still have words. Those still tell a story in three frames. So, and even if there aren't words, like you open a book, and regardless of if it's a graphic novel, a picture book, a children's yeah. book, or friggin', you know, something like War and Peace that has sixty million words, whatever it is, regardless of how you experience a story, it's a you're going into a new world or you're learning mm -hmm. something new. And so, however, this is just like my little like soapboxy, like however you like to read, that's awesome. Whatever you're yeah. doing, so yeah. I absolutely think also, uh, 
comics, graphic novels provide a different form of literacy in the form of those illustrations because you have to be able to look at them to read the situation and then you add in the context of the words to that. So it's just that next level of, um, of being able to read. And we've done a lot of webinars for reluctant readers and uh, yeah, just readers who are you know having trouble reading. Graphic novels and comics are excellent for that. There has been a big trend recently of turning uh, novels and nonfiction books into comics and graphic novels. And I think it's excellent because if you have kids who can't get through a book like Long Way Down, but then they see that the graphic novel is there, they're able to pick that up. And if it's something that all of their friends have been reading, now they can actually have that conversation with their friends. They may have read it in a different format, but it doesn't matter. They're still able to process the story and what happens. So I am all for any way that people can be reading. Like, don't, don't hate on reading in any yeah. format. So, um, so that was that this was our PSA imagine the like stars shooting across yeah, the screen yeah. saying the, the more, more you know, know. <laughs> um oh, yeah man. I, I just saw that Etsy Hinton thing and I'm, I'm gonna I, continue yeah. on this train oh please uh, all I'm thinking of right now is David Wisner uh he is an amazing illustrator he does children's books he has one called Tuesday and Floatsum and they are completely illustrate there's no words in them, it's all illustration. And they are excellent for children because the kid is able to tell the story. So if you read them with a kid, you say, what's happening on this page? What mm -hmm. do you think is going on? And you let them make this story up as they go. So yeah, I'm all about comics. I'm all about illustration, bring it on. I'm gonna piggyback off of that because one of my picks was a wordless comic book or graphic novel or whatever. They came out like a few weeks ago, The Wanderer by Peter Vandenende from Chronicle. And it's like about a like paper boat that goes on all these adventures. And the illustrations are, oh my God, they're so gorgeous. They're so gorgeous. It's like one of those, like an adult could easily just like enjoy by themselves, but also something that you could enjoy with a kid as well. Like, I don't have a kid. I will enjoy it just as thoroughly. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's it, the the illustrations are are phenomenal. Listen, we had it's not only graphic novels like children's books. There's um, Raj Halder is coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks, and he did P is for Pterodactyl, um, yeah. and also he has another one coming out about hominins that we talk about homophones. And like same thing, I don't have children, and I remember when P is for Pterodactyl came out, we were all in the office still, and I remember like groups of us like standing around, be like, "Listen to this children's book. This is delightful." So yeah, definitely yeah. read, definitely read that. Like okay. as as a sample. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. Let's get into you guys's you guys's right. picks, even though we've kind of been talking about a few now. Um, Kristen, I'll let you talk only because when I looked up, Maria was taking a sip of. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to talk about uh, a series that I have read recently that I really love that is perfect for this time of year, uh, Harrow County by Colin Bunn. It is a bit older, but it is so, so good. Uh, it has a very creepy, the first volume or issue has a really creepy front cover of like, it's this like hand that's basically just skin, like coming out of a drawer. It's so creepy. And it is the story of a girl who lives in Harrow County. And she finds out 
that she's a bit different from everyone else. She has some sort of powers and it makes a lot of the townspeople afraid of her. Uh, and also there are uh, a lot of, as they say in this, it's, uh, I'm gonna say haunts, but it's H-A-I-N-T-S. So I think that's like a Southern kind of thing. I'm not sure. Huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and so there are all these like creepy creatures living in the forest around her. And so she's trying to figure out where she came from. And supposedly there was a witch who lived in Harrow County and they ended up like burning her kind of a thing. And so she thinks that maybe she is um, like part of the witch or, you know, a uh, reincarnation of that witch. It's really good. Uh, I really enjoy a lot of the characters in it and it just kind of continues building the story throughout the series. So I would highly suggest that one, especially for this time of year. Um, I also, again, another one for this time of year, I figure like I talked about this the last time I was on the podcast, but The Lola Woods uh, by Carmen Maria Machado. Uh, this one came out very recently and it's part of the Hill House comics, which is part of DC. And Joe Hill has put this imprint out. So Joe Hill is a horror writer. And so he is starting this line where a bunch of different writers are making horror comics. Mm -hmm. And The Lolo Woods was good. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, uh, but it, it was really, it was interesting story about a town called Shudder to Think and uh in pennsylvania and it's a coal town and all the people there you know there's been some sickness going around and the women in the town have this weird thing that happens where they'll just like black out where it'll be a couple of hours that they're missing they have no idea what happens and they just never get those memories back so it's the story of two girls who wake up in the theater after a couple of hours having no idea what happened to them. And so uh, one of them really wants to figure out what happened. The other one kind of just wants to move on. Uh, and there are like weird creatures coming up from the mines in this town. So, and weird creatures that live in the woods. So another really good October pick. Um, Maria, I will let you talk about some of your <laughs> favorites. Well, no, I, I actually, when you described the cover of, what was the first one, Harrow? Or, Harrow County. Um, I was like, wait, I've seen that cover. I think um, my husband, I think, started that last year. I was like, this cover is like very familiar to me. So I believe he read that and enjoyed it as well. Yeah. I was also um, laughing because I, oh, sorry, Maria, I'll let you go in one sec. I was laughing because when I, like when I'm, joined by our coworkers like you guys I'm a really bad host because I just sit there and I listen to all the things that everyone's talking about and I'm like oh right I'm supposed to keep this moving so I just like <laughs> sitting here quietly like tell me more so <laughs> I'm right now I will shut up go ahead uh, no it's all good um so I just finished um one last night called eat and love yourself by Sweeney Boo and it's a, I, I think it's a standalone, at least it, it read like a standalone and I, I don't see like another issue or anything, but it's about Mindy who's like in her late twenties and she is struggling with body dysmorphia and bulimia and just like a lot of negative self-talk. 
And um, it kind of goes throughout her, her life. And then there's like a little fantastical element that comes in. She buys this candy bar that is magic and it's called eat and love yourself. And like, she takes a bite and she gets transported back in time and she can like see herself dealing with these formative times in her life that kind of like had her in this negative spiral where she's still dealing with this um, depression and body dysmorphia in her late twenties. And it kind of is like her journey through like looking at these um, times in her life and, and figuring out how to move forward and like, um, you know, get out of it and help herself um, in the present. It's really cool. Um, it's, I, it's very realistic as far as like, I think the illustrations and the colors that they use go along really well with like how she's feeling. So like all the colors are like pretty muted and, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is just like, you feel so down for her. And if you've ever experienced, you know, negative self-talk in any way, it's like, it's, it's very realistic. And um, I really enjoyed it. I had never really read anything quite like it. So it came out recently, I want to say, um, published, published by Inscribe Digital, but it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then, okay, something that's less depressing. Um, <laughs> Taproot by Keezy Young. Um, I think this originally was just a web comic, but like, oh, oh, it's so wonderful. It's also just a standalone. It's about, um, um, a ghost and um, someone who is alive whose name is Hamal and he can see the ghosts and basically he's kind of a loner and he has like a few like ghost friends and they're people who just died in the town at like you know whatever age and they're here to haunt it well Blue and Hamal have this close relationship and um, Blue's realizing he's having a hard time moving on and not like haunting the real world because he's in love with Hamal and um they end up finding out that like Hamal is uh, the reason he can see ghosts is causing like a rift kind of in between the ghost world and the real world. And um, basically blue and Hamal have to kind of decide like, okay, are we going to, you know, make this relationship happen in some way? Or like, does blue have to give him up to kind of like save this rift that's happening? Really heartfelt, really, really sweet. It's a quick read that will like tug at your heartstrings and blue is very witty and fun. And Hamal is very quiet and gentle. He's like a gardener. It's very sweet. And I really like it. Oh. Um, I'm actually gonna join in. I have some too that I haven't talked about in a really long time. So like I was, we have a bunch of new listeners from like over the past year, so they probably may not have heard of these. Um, have you have either of you guys read Thornhill by Pam Smy? No. Okay, so I was I thought of it because Chris, you're talking about stuff that's good for right now, and I think this one's also really really good. So it's a comic that's told in parallel stories that are set in different times. So there's one that is set in 1982, and it's this girl named Mary who is this orphan at this place called Thornhill Institute for Children. Um, and it's shutting its doors down. So there's not oh, too many girls left and they're getting rehomed. Um, but she's also facing this, she has this like really horrible bully that's there. Um, and she is writing these uh, journal entries about how she's plotting her revenge against her bully. And that goes back and forth with modern day or the time was modern day, it was 2017. Um, there's this girl, Ella, who moved in from a new town to this area where Thornhill was. And 
she sees Thornhill from her window and she goes and investigates and like discovers these journal entries and like learns all about Mary's life and what she went through. But it's really cool because Mary's story is told exclusively through journal entries and Ella's story is told exclusively through artwork. There's no words. So it's just like the art on the page. And um, Maria, you were talking about like striking colors. It's the same thing. Like it's entirely in like black and white and gray. It's like very um, monochromatic. I think it's called yeah um and it's really it is it's a really like it's very haunting it's a really good story for right now um if you are into the the spooky kind of like ghostish stories um it reminded me of a book dead house by don kurtagich which is not a graphic novel or a comic but it's like kind of in that same line if you've heard us talk about that before and then the other one Mm -hmm. um check please by ngozi ukazu which is not spooky it is hilarious no. <laughs> um, so good. yeah and gozi was on the podcast i think like two years ago so it's been a while since i talked about this but um okay i these all this all makes sense i promise so the main character's name is eric biddle and he's a former junior figure skating champion and he's also a vlogger and he's also a baker and um he he's goes busy. he's super busy and then he goes <laughs> to college as a freshman and the college doesn't have like a ice skating program, but they have a hockey team, which he joins and kind of becomes like one of their star players. And it's just this like really fun story. It started, I thought it was because it started out as a webcomic. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, it's just this, like really fun. Like he does it almost like he's doing vlogs is kind of how you like get the check-ins from him. And it's all about his experience of, how he is adjusting to being on his team and like it's not really a spoiler at all to say that he is gay like he's he's very open about it but like there's just this one little scene and like further down when like someone is asking like what kind of girls are you into and then like it cuts to him being in his room and he's like boys and it's like such like a sad like he says it's like so like adorable but like sad but he's just like the hockey team that you would expect to be like a big masculine like group of rough and tumble guys you're like super into when biddy as they call him like makes pies for everybody and like it's just like a it's a delightful group of like this cast of characters and i don't know it it came out in there's a couple of um like they have volumes of i think there's two or three volumes i think there's at least two i've only read the first one so far but i know there's at least two out yeah yeah it's but it's definitely just like a really feel good like i feel it's almost like a really good um palette cleanser if you read something like really really heavy which i can't like every book i'm stumbling into is just like emotional like it's destroying me so like it's a good like (laughs) break point so yeah check please by ngozi ukazu is just yeah very delightful that's awesome i'm glad you mentioned that one yeah all right Krista, Uh, we can swing back to you I'm, yeah, I'm just like looking through my list of things that I've read or want to read. And I'm also noticing another trend. I really like web comics and web comics that are then turned into books. Um, so some of my favorites, Kate Beaton, uh, she does Harka Vagrant, which is like a website, her website, and she writes um, historical like parody kind of comics so some of my favorite are actually she does these Nancy Drew ones where she'll take like the 1950s Nancy Drew cover and she'll make it into something really funny like in it Nancy Drew is always kind of an idiot 
And it's like, her friends are always like, Nancy, you need to stop. And it's like Nancy Drew and the ghost light or something. (laughs) And they are hysterical. She does have a book out. Uh, She actually is a couple. The one I'm thinking of is Step Aside Pops. And so it has uh, this woman in like a full on skirt and hat sitting on a, a bicycle. And it's just, she's hilarious. I absolutely love them. They're perfect for, again, you can just open it up and read like one of the strips and then kind of move on from there. Some of them are a little bit longer. Um, Also, I love Sarah Anderson. Uh, She does Sarah's Scribbles and she has a couple of books. Her first one is Adulthood is a Myth. And (laughs) her second one is Big Mushy Happy Lump. And they're another one where you can read it really quick and just pick it up and like read one page and move on. And they're just like funny little quips. Some of them it's about like her anxieties or just about like her cat and how happy her cat makes her. And so I love that. Um, Adulthood is a myth is very fun. I, I read that as well. That's another like good palate cleanser one because it's like she deals with her anxiety, but it's in a funny way. And it's just like, you can read it in a day and- yeah, it's nice. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, you're totally fine. I'm happy to have some backup <laughs> like, on that one. Getting excited when I have like read the same things. I'm like, oh, we can talk about it. Oh my goodness. Um, there is one. Sorry, I just thought of. I'm like, there's this one that. Oh, okay. Hold on. Before I go on another train of thought, let me finish that by saying, uh, "As the Crow Flies" by Melanie Gilman is. Um, a webcomic. It started off on the web and I think she finished it in book format. And it is about a queer Black teenager who ends up going like into the woods with, I think it's with like a camp kind of a thing. And so they go hiking and camping out in the middle of nowhere. And it's about having to rely on other people and have other people help you in unfamiliar situations. It was really good. I really enjoyed, I like nature kind of stuff too. And that has a lot of drawings of, you know, mountains, trees, all of that stuff, along with this story of this girl having to feel like she's an outsider and then be reliant on uh, other people uh, in this group to help take care of her. Um, And then the one I really want to talk about is um, Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. This is a few years older. Um, We recently did a webinar where we were talking about some graphic novels and I think I mentioned Nimona and a bunch of people in the chat were like, Nimona is the best. And I was like, you are correct. Nimona is the best. Uh, So Nimona is a graphic novel about uh, this girl who, she doesn't seem like she would be the, you know, superhero kind of type. And she's, it's a fantasy. So she can turn into all sorts of things. And she's hilarious. She ends up working with this guy who is supposed to be a villain, but is trying to change his ways. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's been a while since I've read this. I think he's in love with the hero. And so it's kind of this battle between him and the hero when he's actually like in love with him. And it was, it starts off and it's really kind of silly. Nimona is such a fun character. And then it gets a little bit deeper as it goes along. 
And I just loved this. I flew through it. It is good for a young adult audience and an adult audience. So I would just suggest everyone read it. Yeah. Before we move on, I just need to tell you, in the book prior to this, you said the phrase into the woods. And just to let you know how my brain works, anytime I hear that phrase, if there is a then extended period of time where I am not talking, I am going through the prologue of Into the Woods in my brain, just <laughs> doing the whole thing. So, I wish. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Just, you should see my nectarines. Like the whole thing is just playing yes. through my head. So I just had to share that, that that I was, while you were talking, I was nodding and I was listening, but also in my mind, I was like, Into the Woods. And I just like doing the whole thing. Anyway. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. I Nimona's on my list because so many people have been like, this was amazing. What are, and I'm like, I know it's I need to like read Rat it. Queens, you're going to like this one. It's awesome. not as like crass as Rat Queens. I mean, I figured not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since it's for young adults. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Rat Queens is pretty crass. I mean, in like the best way, but mm-hmm. um, can I, is it okay if I go? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know, if you, I didn't know yeah. if you were done, Kristen. I didn't. You oh, were yeah. like on a really good roll. Doing words out, so it's your. Turn no, no, no. It's all good. I'm gonna talk about some nonfiction ones, so possibly less exciting, but very exciting, I think. So one that's coming out that I am really excited about. It comes out middle of November. is called Oak Flat: A Fight for Sacred Land in the American West by Lauren Redness, and this is like if you liked um, Killers of the Flower Moon, which I listened to that audiobook. Oh my God. It was so good. It was very riveting. Um, and it's like the nice like combination of true crime and actual like history lesson about like the FBI coming up with not. Um, this is another like um, sacred area for Native Americans that a copper reserve was discovered um, around that area. And so there, this is still an ongoing issue um, right now, um, between uh, an Apache tribe and the government, basically. So there's like natural springs and old growth trees. And um, it's uh, a contested site now because um, they want to get this copper. And uh, it follows an Apache family and then also a family from Arizona who like is a descendant of a sheriff um, from the early days of Arizona statehood. So um, they both have like really profound connections to this Mesa and uh, it's all really gorgeous colors, like very like lots of um, orange and red and kind of something that like desert kind of vibe from Arizona. And uh, I, I'm very excited to read it. It looks very exciting. Um, and also you'll learn something. So that's fun too. But yeah, I was like, ooh, this sounds like for fans of Killers of the Flower Moon, of which I am one. So, And then the other one I wanted to talk about was Kent State, Four Dead in Ohio, which is the new one by Durf Backdurf. And Durf is from uh, the Akron, Cleveland area um, here. So that's also just really cool for us. But you may know him from My Friend Dahmer, which if you haven't read My Friend Dahmer, I highly recommend it. It's a very interesting take on going through the early life of someone who becomes a serial killer because Durf went to high school <clears throat> with Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, and so it's just his 
he has very simple illustrations as well. Uh, it's all black and white um, for the most part. And um, it, it's just, you end up getting sucked into this story uh, w- without a lot of pizzazz. And some reason he like still like sucks you in. It's very, it's, it's fascinating. Um, but his, his latest is about the um, National Guard um, shooting that happened on Kent State's campus in 1970. I think this is also just like kind of a timely, oh my God, I just was about to say timely time. That's terrible, but you know, you know, it's the 50th anniversary this year. Um, Yeah. We had a, I did an episode with it like back in May. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But sorry, you can keep going. But yeah, it's, it is is very timely because it's, this year was the 50th anniversary. Yes. Um, Very timely. And uh, it's very, this one is packed with like, a lot of history and um the people i haven't read it yet but the people i know who have read it are like this is a lot denser than his other works but it is like a basically a required reading for learning about this um time period and this um event that took place um in kent ohio you know um so highly recommend love his illustrations um he's a great storyteller so uh, I'm excited for both of those. Um, and sometimes it's hard, at least lately, it's been hard for me to get through nonfiction. I, I mostly read on audio or listen to it on audio and I haven't been driving as many places and I, I just tend to not listen at home as much. So it's been uh, graphic novels that are narrative nonfiction have been really helping me to stick with my nonfiction mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I won't, um, I won't hark on it too much because people listen no so my parents were actually at Kent State um when this happened Uh, oh wow yeah they were they were there they were like on the campus they neither of them were at the rally specifically but like they were outside they know exactly where they were and um so if you go back and anyone listening I interviewed Deborah Wiles who wrote a book called Kent State which is also like massively important and really really accurate so yeah that's was very big into mine too um I have to actually have one did either of you and I'm thinking specifically Maria just because you were just talking about um nonfiction. has either of you read the best we could do by Ty Bui no but that is on my list as well okay I don't think so, so yeah this is a graphic novel that is 350 pages long um and she did Ty did the entire story because it's her story but also all of the illustrations and like just like a like landmark work of just the accomplishment like the sheer accomplishment I have to imagine illustrating a 340 page book that you also wrote has to be the equivalent of like a David Foster wall like writing infinite jokes. Oh, yeah. like I just can't imagine um but it's I'm talking about this in the past a little bit too but it's a bit of an older book um so it talks about her experience of becoming a mother for the first time and then her thinking back to her uh, Vietnamese parents struggles as immigrants coming over from Vietnam and just like her understanding of why her family was kind of broken when she was growing up and having newfound understandings of um, adjusting to being a mom for the first time but also like feeling like a daughter and it's just like endless sacrifices her family made and it's it's very heartbreaking but it also provides a bunch of hope at the end um so it's it's definitely heavy um but it's like a from it's a family kind of journey from being an immigrant family to how they are now and like the, the name of the book is the best we could do and that's exactly kind of like the point of the whole story it's like we did what we could with as our family with what we were provided 
Um, and then the other one that's also kind of heavy that I talked about a little bit a couple years ago, um, What the Night Sings by Vesper Stamper. Have you, have you ever read that? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's a graphic novel about the Holocaust. Um, so definitely not light. But what it does is it follows a young girl who survives a, um, a camp who's like, if I think she's in Auschwitz. I don't remember specifically which camp uh, Gerda is at, but um, she's in a concentration camp and she survives. And like the story does start before she goes to the concentration camp, but it almost, I don't want to say it like breezes through the time when she's there, but the bulk, like the meat of the story is her after like when she has left the concentration camp and when the war has ended and her like adjusting to what life was like after like understanding that her entire family her entire jewish family was killed and she doesn't know how to move on from there and it's a really interesting take on you know we have there's countless world war ii stories in the world but this is one of the few ones that i've seen where it's like a young girl who survived the holocaust but now is forced to like pick up the pieces. I think so many times when mm-hmm. we think about tragedy and we think about massive things that happen, we think about like the specific event, but then we turn our heads to something else and don't realize like what the repercussions were, what people have to go through. Yeah, the time. aftermath of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say that's basically what what uh, what the night sings is all about is like that aftermath. But yeah, no, what were you gonna I, say? That's again? yeah, that sounds really interesting. I um. I was just going to say also, like, I, I was just talking to someone about this recently is that like most of the Holocaust survivors now are, are just dying of old age. Mm -hmm. So there's so few left that I think stories like this are just so important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so the artwork, it's almost like sepia toned. And then there's like little Mm -hmm. splashes of like bright blue or things like when, uh, when the main character is dreaming also along those same lines, speaking of like important stories about the Holocaust um brad Meltzer, who's been on the show like a million times at this point um he he does the ordinary people change the world series and they just mm-hmm. had one that's i am Anne frank that, that just came out last week and it is like the way that him he and uh chris Eliopoulos, who does the the uh imagery on it the way they do it is like heartbreaking and amazing um so if you have young kids that are even if you don't but you know talking about holocaust survivors that are just kind of dying of old age like it's now up to people our age and you know younger to continue learning about these things so Mm -hmm. i am Anne frank is like the all of those books are amazing but that one is just like it blew me up yeah i saw that that just that just came out to me i like those books. yeah i like those books series either of you read uh white bird by rj palacio palacio uh, I think it's wrote, Palacio. I think you had it right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, he wrote Wonder, and this is kind of an offshoot of that. Uh, personally, I haven't read Wonder. I know I'm terrible, um, but I know one of the characters, like his grandmother, survived the Holocaust, and so this is her story of basically like how she went into hiding uh, and stayed alive uh, throughout the war and ended up falling in love with uh, one of the boys who kept her safe. Um, it was really good. It was really moving. Uh, I, I thought it was an interesting story. And then also have either of you read They Called Us Enemies or Enemy? Oh, the one by, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking right now? Hold on. Okay. Sorry, what? Uh, George Takai. Takai, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I have not. That one was really good. That one is his, like, again, nonfiction about his time in, um, oh my goodness. Internment camps. Uh... Yeah, internment camps. And I feel like that's something like that is becoming, people are talking about more. Like I remember growing up and it never really being mentioned. It wasn't. Here we learned like, about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so now like having this graphic memoir, which is about his family's time in the internment camps. Um, it's, it's amazing. I mean, and just, it's a beautiful story about his family trying to deal with being Americans and being sent to these camps where in the camp have uh, young men who want to enlist, who want to join and are told they can't because they're Japanese. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of the everyday life, but also the, you know, how do you deal with this? What do you do when your country doesn't trust you? Uh, so that was such a good memoir. I'd highly suggest that one as well. Um, does anyone have any other depressing memoirs? Yeah, or? sorry, we really did. Like, <laughs> I know, I was like, I, I have one more that I wrote down and it's not depressing. So I'm happy you know to like- Let's, let's do the shit. Yeah, yeah let's, okay, let's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have either of you read Crowded? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so fun. Um, oh, it's, uh, it's like a near future kind of sci-fi um, comic. It has two volumes, I think, so far. I tried to like creep around everywhere and see if there's a third volume coming out, but not yet. And I'm very sad because I read them in like two seconds. They were so good. So basically like this near future world runs on like job shares and apps. That's how like everybody does everything, which is like, very uh reasonable to think that, like, <laughs> that could actually be the future um but there's a platform for legal assassination and it's called reaper and this this girl who seemingly just like is just trying to keep her life together charlie she like wakes up one day and she has like the most expensive reaper campaign like people have like don't like put a million dollars towards getting her assassinated and so she's like panics and she basically hires someone on a different app who is, that's called like defend or whatever, who is basically like a personal bodyguard. And she picks the person who has the lowest rating. Um, I think it's because she just can't afford anything else, but I can't really remember. Um, and her name's Vita. And then these two go on this like crazy adventure. Charlie is making a very difficult to defend and Vita is just like really not having it she's like an introvert and she's just like trying to be left alone as much as possible and um there's a lot of like forced forced proximity um sort of uh things that happen but it's it's really good I'm really excited to see where it keeps going but it, it's funny but also has some like very um I guess I would say concerning elements about like just people in society in general and how you know a lot of times the worst is brought out you know depending on what they're what situation they're in um but yeah the artwork is also great it's very colorful um it's the type of artwork i i enjoy a lot and that's that's by christopher sabella rose stein and ted brant um from image comics uh it's yeah it's real fun 
so much fun. Yeah. Um, I love, because the main character, the girl who has the hit on her, like throughout it, you both want to like slap her and hug yeah. her. Uh, <laughs> and then the uh, person trying to protect her, like she's kind of a mystery. So I remember mm-hmm. reading it and just being like, what is her story? Yes, like, yes. And I think uh, we're like, I feel like they're getting to it. But, and I, I want, I want that story. Like I will continue reading this comic until I find out more <laughs> about her. <laughs> um, do either of you two ever have books that you read or listen to if they're audiobooks that you're just like I wish this was a graphic novel because of the imagery so like I um right now I'm listening to War Girls by Tochi Onibuchi mm-hmm. and like it's an amazing it's a science fiction and there's all these like mechs and all of this technology that all of the main characters have that like they have bionic arms or like there's little tiny um like nanobots that they are involved with and like all I can think of is like my brain isn't as good as Tochi's because I can't fully form what that would look like. Um, and then the other one, people who if they haven't read it yet, they're about to because Big Library is starting soon. Um, Reverie by Big Library mm-hmm. or by uh, by Ryan Lasala is like it's just so wild and so fantastical that I'm like, I wish someone would draw this so that yes. I can have like, like just like a little bit. Like I said, like with War Girls, like with Tochi's book, I'm about halfway through it, and it's like I don't need like like you don't need to like do the whole thing but like just like one or two pictures from the beginning of the book so I can wrap my head around this crazy tech that he's invented like are there is there any book you ever thought like man I wish there was a graphic novel for that like I don't know The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton (laughs) yeah actually now that you're you're describing why you like want little girls to have something um which I think I've mentioned this fantasy novel on the podcast before but Gideon the ninth um oh, and yeah. I, I would kill for more illustrations like the cover because also like there's so much going on and there's people from all these other planets and the way she describes the worlds are awesome but I would yeah. I would love a graphic novel of that yeah. for yeah. sure I have um so one of my favorite children's book series is uh, Fairyland by Catherine M. Valenti. And the first book in that is The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making, which is a big old title. Um, <laughs> it is, I will say, it is a pretentious children's like series, uh, <laughs> but I love it. And it's very much one of those, again, when you are creating a fantasy world, and especially one like this, where it's fairyland, where it's like, you know, you're going to have some like, fun little creatures and things like that. Like, I want to see it. And Mm -hmm. I can just imagine that the graphic novels of this would be spectacular and beautiful. Um, For some reason, while we're talking about like nonfiction graphic or graphic novels or whatever, um, I keep thinking of the family Romanov, uh, which, yeah, it's a young adult nonfiction. It is so, it's such a good read. It was so much fun to read. I have to look up who wrote it. Uh, um, Fleming, I think. Yeah. Romanov. I think she also did the, um, that new uh, Lindbergh one that came out, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Candace Fleming. Oh, okay. so good. thank you. Um, it was, so it's the story of uh, the last czar family and uh, kind of what was going on in Russia during that period, 
along with what was going on with the family. So she does a really good job of showing you both sides of the picture and then bringing in Rasputin and what his whole deal is. Uh, so it was so good. Uh, such a fun read, which sounds like a terrible thing to say when it's <laughs> like, ah, well, Russian revolution, yeah, yeah. family died, but it was really fun to read about. <laughs> I think that one could make a really spectacular graphic novel. I completely agree. I, I listened to that one on audiobook too, and I like sometimes forgot it was nonfiction. Yes. Like, whoa, wait, what? Like, I'm so into this. Um, I do think that would be a really, really good graphic novel. Yeah. Okay. I want to make a whole list now for like overdrive.com. Like, books I wish were graphic novels. <laughs> but there's this, like, I have no, I don't, I don't put any context in it. People are like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> what? <laughs> but they're not, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. I, did you guys have others that you wanted to talk about? I think like we had a pretty good list here. And I also feel like when I have you two on, like we could talk for like three hours if we wanted to. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I have whole other swaths of things I could talk about as far as comics go. I'm not going to go into it. Cause again, this could be a very long podcast yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm just going, can I talk about one more? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's, uh, it's called the daughters of yeast by um, MT Anderson. Yeah it's a it's a celtic legend it's just one book the illustrations are like the greatest thing i've ever witnessed um basically and that's why i picked it up in the first place um but i just i i don't even really want to say anything else about it other than it's um the illustrations there's a lot of illustrations without any text and they are so crucial to understanding like the emotions behind the characters that I just recommend it to anyone who enjoys graphic novels. I am now trying to find it on the app. <laughs> That's and we looked like you were going to say something. Me? Uh, no, Adam, I, it looked like Adam was like, after I said oh, the title. No, maybe I was just really excited because that, oh. sounds, <laughs> that sounds a lot like, um, there's a book called The Call by Peter O'Gean, who is an Irish... I think it's Peter O'Gean. Oh, I think I'm getting his last name wrong. Yeah, I know he listens to the podcast. I'm going to feel real bad. Um, but no, his book is called The Call. And it's just like, it's like a brutal, like, it's like a Hunger Games in a magical school on like steroids and everyone just Ooh. gets super murdered, but there's no images in it. And I think that there, and there's like fairies and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, they get super murdered, Kristen. That's right. Not just murdered. Um, yeah, but uh, okay. I think, is that, I think that was that was a whole bunch. We really did. It was like an emotional, like we got some highs, some lows. I know. Um, yeah. I feel like I was looking at, um, this is only for people in our area of the country and the world. Uh, it, I was looking at our forecast here in Ohio over the next couple of days. And like fall in Ohio is can be anywhere from like 40 degrees to 75. Yeah. And sunny and wind and snow and rain and everything. And that's exactly what we had this week. So I think that's what our uh, book recommendations were. It was all... <laughs> ran the whole gamut so i think yeah i think so and i have like i wrote down like five now that i'm adding to my good reason immediately <laughs> so yeah there you go that's, that's the secret about this podcast is it's i just use it to meet authors that i want to meet and then also all of us internally we use it just to get ourselves book recommendations yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well maria kristen thank you both for joining me today thanks for thank you us. it was very fun 
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. <laughs> 